just before you start listening to this podcast, a reminder that we have a special subscription offer. You can get 12 issues of The Spectator for £12, as well as a £20 Amazon voucher. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher if you'd like to get this offer. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the new Spectator USA website. I'm joined today by Mairead McArdle, who is a reporter for the National Review, and we're going to be asking if America is turning on abortion. Now, Mairead, you've written a brilliant piece on Spectator USA this morning calling the law in Alabama that just came in yesterday progressive leap forward. This article flies in the face of most of the things I see on my Twitter feed and Facebook and so on, which is a sort of series of handmaid's tale images suggesting that America's moving back into the dark ages on abortion and that women are going to soon become second or third class citizens. Give me a a little summary of your argument for for our listeners, please. Well, thanks for having me, Freddie. And um, I did look into both the Alabama law and some of the other heartbeat laws that have been cropping up in the U.S. lately. The Alabama law has probably one of the better chances of making it all the way to the Supreme Court with its new conservative majority. And my argument, what I said in this piece, is just that I find uh, death to be a pretty uh, dark ages solution to a problem like this. And if I think if progressives really want to live up to their name, they should start being more creative and find more innovative solutions to the problem of unwanted pregnancies than a blanket uh, solve all, which is abortion for everyone who feels like they need it. There are many other solutions. Well, you make an interesting point. You actually go so far as to say it's almost sort of racist to object to this in a way because, you know, the vast majority of abortions in Alabama, I think it's 67 percent, did you say in the piece, are of black children. And I think for a lot of white coastal, I mean, if if I understand your point properly, it's that for a lot of white coastal liberals, sort of not having black babies is something that they unconsciously are quite comfortable with. Yes. And I, I, I'm uh, reluctant to blame anybody specifically for, well, you know, um, maybe a subconscious racism. But but it is good to remember yeah. that Planned Parenthood, which is the the biggest abortion giant in the U.S., it performs the most abortions mm. per year. It was the one of the founders, uh, Margaret Sanger. She was a eugenicist, and we and, and they they yes. have kind of put that part of their history behind them. And so, but it's 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 important to remember that. And uh, for this law specifically. Alabama has at least 60% of the abortions performed in the state on black mothers. So, and only, I think it was 36% are white mothers and their babies. So that is, if if abortion is something you want to provide more of in Alabama, that's going to be more eradicating of of, uh, blacks and other minorities. And I don't find that to be... (laughs) a particularly good solution for equality among the races. I don't think that's going to help at all. Right. Und- understood. And and so with the Supreme Court issue, I mean, this 
for me is is where this will really start to well not for not for me for everyone where this will really start to hot up because at the time that um Brett Kavanaugh was uh, going through his enormously controversial nomination and elevation to the Supreme Court there was a lot of anger and rage about this about whether he'd been a, a rapist as a teenager and all this sort of thing but what it really boiled down to was a huge culture war issue of abortion which is that if the supreme court is anti roe v wade and this law gets there you will see a change in the law on abortion in the most powerful leading democracy on earth which is a very huge significant thing and a huge element of the culture war i mean do you think abortion is the core issue of the of america's culture war which we hear so much about well i do i think it's one of maybe the top five because there, there are a couple other ones like gun control and some other things like that but but as far as the kavanaugh battle that was yes they they focused on the story that christine blasey ford was telling at the time about mm. uh you know did did he behave badly but i remember someone saying to me at the time you know, yes, she's she's a, a you know a Me Too icon now, but also if she had gotten him his nomination pulled or or thrown out, she would have been the woman who saved Roe v. Wade. Yes. And and that really what I mean I think a lot. If she was unsuccessful, but the, yes. If you take away a lot of the the BS, for want of a better word, phrase. I mean, that's what it was really all about, wasn't it? It was about a yes. cultural clash over abortion that everybody knows is coming yes. in the Supreme Court. And a lot of people aren't comfortable even thinking about because they know how how sort of precisely it splits America. Yeah, that that is what it was about. And if it hadn't been something bound up in the, the Me Too clash, it would have, it would, there would have been something else. There would have been some other controversy that came up with him because... Because Neil, when Neil Gorsuch was 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 nominated and confirmed, and he he was a, a step in the uh, the opposite directions that progressives, so they call themselves, wanted. But Kavanaugh was the one who flipped the majority to be conservative. So that is why his confirmation was so much so much more acrimonious. And 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 they were very honest about it too. Every people admitted this is this is why we're so upset about it. Because we know mm. that we know there's a very good chance with these heartbeat bills, the Alabama one, Georgia, North Dakota has one, Missouri uh, had has a bill that passed the Senate, their state Senate today, um, an eight week abortion ban. All these bills, they're designed to be legally challenged. Hopefully, make it up to the Supreme Court. So, so that that that's why that battle was was so awful. That was probably my least favorite news cycle since I started reporting. It was. It was pretty it was brutal, terrible. wasn't it? Yeah, but it, I, I think so. I mean, tell us a little bit more about these heartbeat bills. I mean, so they are de- they are deliberately designed by pro life legislators to challenge to, and th- their intention yes. is to get up to the Supreme Court because obviously they'll they'll be overturned pretty quickly, and then it will go to the Supreme Court. Yes, and I think the only one that's not designed that way, as far as I know, is the Missouri one, which is. Um, that has other uh, provisions in it. Like, I think the point of that one is that if Roe v. Wade were overturned and it was it went back to the states, 
then Missouri would already have a ban in place, even if they were allowed. So, so when they are allowed to ban it, they will already have a ban ready. That's the point of that one. But as far as the other ones, the Georgia one, the the Alabama one, I think I think Kentucky has one. I might be wrong about that. But there are four or five. They are they're crafted with that in mind that they know they're not intent they're not intended to be enforced in that state. They are intended to be challenged. Is part of the tactic then to make them as shocking as possible to a kind of a, to the to the liberal minds or progressive mindset on abortion? I think that that helps, especially with for, for press purposes. But but I think it, it might be that they're so shocking because. They are meant to fly in the face of Roe. They're meant to completely go against everything that Roe and then uh, Casey, the later case, Casey versus Planned Parenthood, said. So they're, according to the Supreme Court precedent that we have now, they're unconstitutional as far as Roe says. So that, that's why I think they, that's why they're so shocking, because they're meant to just completely flout what Roe said. And there's quite a bit of concern in in the media about this Georgia bill, which seems to suggest that a woman who miscarries could face long periods in jail. Is that a fair reading of the bill or is that something that people have sort of interpreted into it? No, I don't think that's right. I think that was a language game that people were playing. I think what happened is uh, there was a, a term, natural persons, that the bill used to characterize unborn children and mm. and people people assumed that that meant because they were calling them that uh, a woman who miscarried or or chosen abor- abortion would be because they called them persons that, then the woman would be an affiliate to uh, sorry an accessory to murder or or at least yeah. You know, a lower charge of murder so it would take a pretty radical reading of the of that bill to to, to try and prosecute a woman for, for miscarrying. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and I don't think that anyone would ever do that because that's not even something that pro-life advocates are arguing for. I don't know any pro-life. There might be, I think there's one state that that tried to have a bill that would punish punish women. But I think that also may have been one of the the, the shocking bills that they meant to get challenged. So, but the, most pro-life advocates don't, It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because it it seems like almost a willful attempt to misread the bill to make it sound medieval and yes, um, it's all part of the whole um, package of uh, pinning this title regressive on these bills. You know, medieval is the perfect word for it, I think. And uh, and I mean, if if it is to be progressive, this legislation, I mean, it would if it reaches the Supreme Court and it becomes a serious. Uh, fight political fight i mean where, first of all where will donald trump trump stand i mean he's he's made pro life noises but we know he's not he's not sort of lifelong pro lifer we know the administration is quite pro life uh, partly because of mike pence i mean where do you see the battle going do you i mean do you think it will if if we thought brett kavanaugh the fight over brett kavanaugh was bad this is going to get very very angry very very quickly isn't it oh i yeah i think so i think people will be physically hurt outside the supreme court that's my prediction if if that happens there's going to be so many protesters in dc probably more than i've ever seen but i think that probably probably trump will try, will try to stay out of it because it is a 
an issue for the courts. He'll probably try to stay out of it. And then if if the court does end up relitigating Roe v. Wade and overturning it, then I think he'll come down on the pro-life side. Yeah. It's, um, but Pence, uh, Pence is, tends to be a little bit more outspoken. So he may he may jump in from the beginning and just say, this is what we want. You know, I've always said this is what we want. Because it's no secret where he where he is on Roe, I think. But it might be a good way for Trump to shore up relations with his base, which haven't been great of late. Because, uh, I mean, there's frustration at the lack of progress on the wall. And, I mean, it's probably fair to say, that maybe a bit of a generalization, that there's a you know his his base would be strongly pro life yeah that's tr- that is true uh, he has tended to stay out of legal matters so that was why i was thinking he might yeah. he might try to but this is this is such an important issue that he may just see it as kind of red, red meat to his voters he may and go all in from the beginning he may not be able to resist a provocative tweet yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes true <laughs> and i mean i suppose for pro lifers like like yourself you know, the question that you have to answer is, it seems as though the polls suggest that a majority of Americans do support abortion. And it's not a huge majority, but it's an abortion. It's, it is a majority. I mean, how can the Supreme Court overturn Roe v. Wade in, in the face of democratic opinion like that? Well, I, it is true that a majority of voters support abortion, but it but it's it's a very surprising range of how much, how late into pregnancy they support because a majority of voters do not support late term, third trimester abortions. Mm. And that is legal. That That's that's something that Roe made legal. And it's not legal in every state, but but it's, it, it, so many states have chosen to make it legal all the way. New Mexico is, uh, Albuquerque is the late term abortion capital, really, of the U.S. And New York is terrible, too, especially since this new law that Cuomo signed recently. So, yeah. so what's what's that new law? Sorry. Oh, uh, well, that one is I it's he made uh, a it legal. I, it used to be about 22, 24 weeks, and then he made it legal all the way up to the moment of birth. So. So it really is. It really is as as um, yeah. extreme as you can get, and that is not supported by the majority of voters. That kind of I think for- that kind of uh, radical abortion law is not supported by the general public. Yes, I think that's perhaps something up for our British leaders, re- listeners might not quite get because I think Brits often think that Americans are just being very very you know conservative and and Christian about abortion, but actually it's twenty four. 24 weeks is the cutoff here, but there's, as you say, there are quite a few states where, you know, the day before birth, you can have a, a legal abortion, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. In and uh, yeah, there yeah. are a few, um, quite a few states. And then it used to be that this particular procedure, partial birth abortion, was legal. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a very gruesome, extremely late term procedure where the baby is born and they do the, basically do the abortion as the baby's being born. That's not legal anymore, but that used to be. That used to be. That's that's um, even worse than than the Cuomo bill. Uh, but but he was trying to bring it back, yes. sort of towards in towards in that direction. So the baby is the baby is born and then uh, sort of left well, to die. Well, it's, that, that's it's the pretty idea, awful. They um, it's pretty progressive, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It is that one which is not legal anymore. That that one was they they sever the head, not to get too graphic, but that's what that was. 
Yeah. Gosh. Terrible. <laughs> well, on that brutal note, let's end it. But I think, uh, Mered, we should talk again as the culture wars right. heat up on this terrible issue. Yes, thank you, Freddie. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a spectator moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer. <laughs>